Yes, the build-up to the Euros final on Monday morning between England and Italy continues here on the Shooting Czars podcast with me, Stuart Marshall. Once again, I'm without my main men, Bryce and Alex, but in their absence, I bring you something a little bit different this time around. Joining me now is a man who took three years to reply to my Instagram message to come on the pod. <laughs> he rose to fame on the Triple J Breakfast Show as the Liam part of the duo Ben and Liam. He's now hosting Nova 919 Brecky with Ben in his hometown of Adelaide. His name is Liam Stapleton. Liam, welcome finally to the Shooting Czars podcast. It's good to be here. And, uh, you know, all I can say is I've just got really bad internet at my house. I don't have MBN yet. So I, the message only just came through, mate. So, right. I mean, yeah, with about a three-year buffer time at the moment. Uh, playing FIFA Ultimate Team, really hard. A lot of lag. Uh, so, obviously, I got back to you um, as soon as I saw the message. And, uh, you yeah, know, this is as quick as I possibly could have got onto the podcast. So, um, that's that covered. Um, and now we can get into it. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, you've kind of explained the delay but my first question was going to be yeah why did you tease me three years ago and say <laughs> that you would come on the podcast for so for those that are listening we, we had a bit of dialogue you said you'd yeah. come on and then when i tried to organize a time you just completely blanked me why did you do go, that go you speak. say it's because of your internet um to be honest i i, I have no idea i mean uh, to be honest <laughs> i kind of when I, I saw it and i was like shooting's up okay podcast and i like clicked on it and I had actually forgotten about the messages in the in the first part. I, to be honest, what I do is I sort of like, I never really touch my requested folder. And then every now and then I'm feeling generous and I like sort of go through um, and sort of will just like knock out podcasts or like if people want birthday messages or, or whatever it is. And, and I had a, um, I've been in quarantine at the moment. I uh, went on holiday to Queensland and SA closed the borders, got back. And, I've, you know, I've been doing things that I don't normally do, like read books. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to get work through my messages a little bit. And um, yeah, and then I saw this one and I was like, oh, damn. And now I felt bad because, uh, you know, I never came on the podcast the first time. But here we are <laughs> now. And uh, thank you for having me on. I, I mean, it's, it's exciting being able to, to talk about uh, the world game. It's, I'm, I'm certainly um, not uh, talking about it a hell of a lot uh, in the mornings doing the show because obviously we know we live in a bit of a, in a uh, football country, especially um, Adelaide, South Australia, big yeah. sort of footy town. So um, I sort of have to keep my chat to a little bit of a minimum, but I still squeeze it in there. I got a Liverpool tattoo on the show last year. When the <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. I'm keen to ask a little bit about that uh, mm. in, in a couple of minutes' time. But before we move on to my first real question, you're saying that you, you feel generous and you look through the, the DMs. You're actually um, the most famous guest on this podcast, I believe, 59,000 Instagram followers so what how many are you getting a day like give a bit of insight to those that aren't on the same level how many sort of you know random messages oh, are you getting I mean, each day you know what i mean like are you like oh, okay i'll have a look now sort of depends it's to, it sounds like a flex but it's always in the 99 plus in requested That's so cool. and i'm just going through now four hours ago 10 hours ago 19 hours ago 19 hours ago 23 hours ago one day ago one day ago one day ago what are the messages a lot of people like? are they just random fan messages oh uh, like this guy yesterday uh it's coming home with some with some sort of uh <laughs> flags there so that's you know it's good to see some people sort of know i i support a little bit and then um they sort of get get into me um yeah, then, I mean, for example, that there's this lovely fellow here who's just written gay shit, bro, <laughs> replying to my story. Um, cool, so he's not going to get a response. I can uh, see the message before that uh, was on my birthday. He said, oi, staple dick, and sent me some <laughs> KFC shoes. Also, like, 
it's a bit of a theme on the show that I'm like a bit obsessive over KFC. So every time like a chain like meme comes out about KFC, I get like everyone sends it to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, and some people like, if there's like a meme that your friends would think you'd like and then they send it to you. And I sort of get a lot, a lot of that. So most of it's just KFC memes and people calling me stable dick or, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I mean, yesterday there was a few people getting up me. I mean, you can't win like, um, you know, sort of like getting up me there, like oh, watch a real sport. And then, um, uh, you know, people getting up me for supporting England, which I mean, to, to be honest, as far as the Euros go, that's my um, that's my team. My parents mm-hmm. are from the UK. So cool. I think everyone has that sort of second nation. Obviously, the Socceroos are my first and foremost when it comes to international football. But um, and then yeah, there was a few people that knew because I have my Irish nana on the radio show sometimes. And there's a lot of angry Irish people that I would, um, you know, dare support. But, you know, that's the grandparents. That's another level up. And also, if, you know, I would be... Um, I'd be supporting Ireland as well if they were in it. One of my mates has got he's got a Scottish mum and a um English dad and he's kind of um he's a bit torn because it is that, you know, Scots obviously want to see <laughs> the Brits get pummeled, which has been super funny seeing all the stuff online of them supporting all the other teams. Mm. I don't know if you've been keeping up with yeah, those yeah. sort of memes, like yeah, how they're yeah. on the they're on the Italy bandwagon now big yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah. Oh well, I've actually got a Scottish mum and an English dad as well, so my uh, right. family's torn as well. <laughs> where, yeah, so where, where are you going? Like, I'm, I'm interested. Where are um, you sort of well, well, mum's, mum's more, mum will just follow us. But we're we're England fans, so my dad's from Newcastle, in England. So, um, yeah, England through and through, and especially given what's going on. So, yeah. Yeah, well, this is where I stand. I'm kind of like, I I really want to see England win it, but if I'm honest, in the group stages, I thought it would have been like funny to see Scotland beat England. Like I would have liked yeah, to have yeah. seen that. Do you know what I mean? Just so yeah. they had their, like I support, but not to that extent. Like obviously yeah. Australia, I'd want Australia to win all the time, but yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing like the Brits lose to the Scots. It's just because they'd never like live it down. Like, no. I mean, you know, the Socceroos beat England like 3-1. I think that was Wayne Rooney's like first De- game, Deboe, his first yeah. international cap. Yeah. yeah. And he still yeah. looks like he's like a forty-year-old man, even when he was like seventeen. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I've got the got the DVD of that game actually. Oh, but, wow. Yeah, the Scots would just they'd never live that down, which is cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you've given us a bit of insight into your into your knowledge, which kind of is a good preface to my initial question. So, what I was thinking of doing was given you know you're not you're not known for your football now, so at least to the majority of the Perth audience, obviously because you're yeah. now working on radio in Adelaide. But I was going to say, obviously, joining a football show. Is it maybe something you've done a hell of a lot? I'm going to hazard a guess at saying. So I figured I'd test you to see whether you can kind of walk the walk now that you've joined okay. this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds good. And I was going to ask you one question. So please, mm-hmm. Liam, answer me this. Is football coming home? I think it is. It's coming home. It's coming. Football's coming home. Um, I think the three lions will roar. I mean, Italy is going to, are going to be hard to topple but because they've, you know, they've gone like 30 plus straight or whatever it is now. But um I think it'll make it all the more sweeter. But to be honest, the same set, like it's essentially a home ground. We're talking Wembley Stadium, packed full of fans. Uh, if if they don't, it might never come home. Like this is, it, yeah. it couldn't, you, you couldn't like write the script. You know what I mean? Like mm. it's kind of like, it, it is just perfect. So hopefully they can just squeeze it out. I mean, it was interesting seeing, um, you know, the Denmark game, obviously going, uh, going a goal down for the first time in the, in the tournament, sort of like, you know, you can see them a bit shaken there. That was also a tricky one um, watching the game because obviously I wanted uh, to see England win, but then also obviously all the stuff that happened with Ericsson, I think everyone was loving the Denmark underdog story. And yeah. I mean, when you look at it, I think they outplayed them, especially near the end of the game. But, um, you know, an own goal, 
and a sort of sloppy penalty is kind of like not the nicest way to go through, especially when um, that free kick, that absolute world-class free kick went mm. in to sort of give uh, Denmark the upper hand to start with. So I was a bit torn on that. I love Casper Schmeichel as well. I think he's an, like absolutely elite keeper. He's, I like him more than Pickford as well. So, and uh, I mean, his, his game at, um, I don't know if you watch the FA Cup, final this year yeah, against yeah, Chelsea. But uh oh man, his yeah, hero. He's he made like he made like two or three saves, which was just absolute top shelf like. Yeah. Um so I was kind of rooting for him as well, but I am glad England won in the end. I wish they just did it in a nicer fashion to be honest. Yeah, I think I think oh, I agree with you. I mean that penalty. Let's let's talk about that penalty then. Did you think it was mm. a penalty? Sterling did he go no. down too easy? Yeah it went down way too easy. I think I think to be honest, I think the challenge on Kane, I think it was like 20 minutes prior. Uh, was a penalty, but mm-hmm. there was a foul just before that. There, there was like if you watch that one back, you're like, that's a penalty. But yeah, I think there was a uh, English foul just sort of like a couple of seconds before. So that's when 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 they were going to be. I was like, oh my god, it's a penalty. But but um, they probably deserved a penalty for that alone. And also the Sterling, you know, the own goal. Um, Sterling like probably should have slotted that like exact same chance like a minute prior. When um, Schmeichel came out and made that insane save, oh yeah, so, knocked it right at him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, literally. So that it kind of seemed like a carbon copy of that, like it was the cross, it was the cross in, and um, so I don't know. That's just the way it works sometimes. But I mean, you know, in a year's time, who's going to remember how they did it if they end up doing it? Exactly. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping for an exciting final though. But to be and to be honest, I also seeing seeing um, how far Spain pushed out Italy, it kind of gives me a little bit more hope. Um, I didn't think I thought they were just absolutely cream Spain, but they took them out of penalties, obviously. So I think I think there is a chance that it could be coming home. Mm, yeah, it will be fascinating to see how the final uh, plays out. How have you seen England's tournament? Obviously, has been uh, you know a lot of little storylines there. You mentioned at the start that maybe you, you were hoping Scotland would get the wood over England in that game just for yes. the hilarity factor. But how have you been? Have you been watching every game? You said yeah, you're on holiday before we started. Seen every, consuming every everything. Yeah, absolutely, man. Every single England game so far. Um, even even like that Scotland game was the most boring game of the lot. <laughs> Pro- actually, to be honest, the first game was probably the most boring until that. I mean, I know Sterling scored and uh, sort of broke the deadlock, but it was once again like kind of a sort of scrappy goal. So I, I wouldn't say they've been the most entertaining team to watch, um, even though they are the team I'm rooting for. And I'm, I think you know I love like watching the fans like absolutely lose it as well. And I sort of understand the, the gravity sort of behind it. Well, I think every you know every football fan does. And, um, so that you know that's been really. I mean, look, to be honest, Italy have probably been more exciting to watch just purely from the sort of you know the goals and and the um, the suits and the yeah. uh, you know the razzmatazz behind them all. I can't say I'm the biggest Italy fan after um, you know what happened in 2006. I think mm. you know none of us will ever forget that. No, no. Um, so you know, to be honest, they're probably one of my least favourite uh, national teams after that because I just <laughs> hold a grudge. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, you know, I've been watching games here and there, and I sort of make sure I watch the highlights if I'm if I've got a bit of time up my sleeve. I watch the whatever it is on Opus Sport, like the the, the twenty five minute. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you know, if I don't have time, I just crunch out those little yeah, the little three minutes. Sometimes you just squeeze them in when you're yeah, on the yeah. toilet, watch them on your phone, whatever. <laughs> um, but it's been a, it's been an awesome tournament. Hey? Yeah. Like it, it's probably been one of my favorite tournaments. I re- I reckon the last time I enjoyed the tournament this much was maybe Euro two thousand and eight, uh, okay. the one in Spain one. Sure. Um, uh, it was just like prime 
Spain, like we're talking Davavia mm. and um, the beginning yeah, of the dynasty Torres. as well, right? You know, oh, they, yeah. they went like Euros, that's... World Cup, Euros consecutively. Mm-hmm. So and it was sick. Casillas was my favorite keeper as well. And just the whole team was like so well rounded. They beat Italy on penalties actually in the semi-final, which was how good. Um it, which is a ripper. I actually had uh, that Casillas sort of like on his knees, sort of like um I had like a frame in my bedroom <laughs> like of that of that sort of moment. Oh, but, so you wake uh, up yeah, every day a, and just celebrate a little bit. <laughs> yeah, with, with Ica. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. It's just been cool seeing some underdogs like Switzerland. I'm a Liverpool fan, so it's mm-hmm. been cool seeing Big Shaq do his thing yep. and, you know, obviously knock France out. And uh, Patrick Schick, just like an absolute Dominate. king. Like, yeah, yep. dude. The, yeah, the Czech Republic have been fun. So, yeah, I feel like it's, you know, the the Denmark thing. That, you know, there was a lot of like... Um, teams that were knocking out like smaller sort of countries but knocking out some big sort of heavy hitters which is mm. which is cool to see especially when you're a little bit of a passive sort of supporter in the sense that you know i want, I want england to win but i'm not you know i'm not gonna cry if they don't <laughs> like when when australia in a in a world cup you know it's just you're sort of like biting your nails and everything you're just sort of like you know you probably you know to be honest it'll be a dream come true if we get out of the round of 16 one day like you're probably not really realistically going to win it in the next hundred years, but those games I'm always like, oh, I get really nervous before them, and just you know you want it just the journey to go on a little bit longer, especially because you got to wait so much longer until the next one. And same with like Champions League football with Liverpool, that get really nervous over that. Mm. Okay, so you, so you mentioned Liverpool a couple of times there, and um, I think you you said your dad's English, is that right? So my, yeah, how, how did you come to love the beautiful game? What's your what's your in to to the sport? Uh, yeah, I suppose dad, really. Um, I'd sort of been playing it since I was four. I mean, I hung up the boots when I was 18, chronic <laughs> chafing, you know, could have gone pro. And, uh, and um, yeah, dad's always sort of big on it. He um, He's from Coventry, uh, so pretty hard to support them. Um, so I sort of, you know, I think there comes a point when you sort of choose your own team in Australia, yeah. sort of, especially like, realistically i liked sort of watching the champions league games on sbs we didn't have foxtel growing up so it was always going to be a liverpool a chelsea a manchester united sure. uh, for me liverpool was the one i started supporting um my dad uh he supports liverpool now too it's also a little bit easier to, to get so around the game so there's no family connection to liverpool you're <laughs> no, just like zero. every other australian fan that just picked you know picked the best I team just, just picked one pretty much yeah, yeah. and i also Dad. beatles fan so i suppose that's sort of where that that came from but uh yeah i can't say it would bring me much joy um barracking for coventry i must admit where are they <laughs> so, now did you ever do you keep tabs on coventry they're what in the championship yeah, nowadays I mean, or what yeah i think they are in oh geez like league one maybe i think that yeah league one i was gonna about to call it coca-cola one remember on Back in the day, I think it was Coca Cola when you like picking yeah, teams yeah. like Coca Cola one, Coca-Cola, two, and three. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they're not they're not in the championship. They're the league below that, and they were like halfway through last time I checked. But so um, did you? Because Coventry were in the Premier League in the early noughties, so I assume yeah, your they, dad your dad would have been right into it then. Yeah, well, they won the um, FA Cup in oh, wow. like the eighties or something like that. Yeah, so and they, I mean they, they've had some like cool players play for them over the years, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, purely it's just kind of hard to like, you know, especially pre-internet being a thing. Like when you're, yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm. it's just tricky to watch those games. Well, yeah, so. I remember, um, like, like you say, SBS had the rights, but I remember the um, the way that I like really got into it. And my earliest memories of watching at least English soccer with my 
Geordie father was um yeah I remember do you remember SBS or like the Premier League productions would put out an hour highlight show? I don't know if you ever remember that. Yeah, but no, that was kind of like how I always me and my dad used to sit down religiously and my brother every Wednesday night or whenever Monday night, whenever it was on, and that was like the only way we could see the game. So it's like, you know, now and we can you, watch every game. So yeah, it's come you, a long way. Obviously a Newcastle man, like around that, yep. like the Alan Shearer, end of the Alan Shearer sort of days. Is that yeah, when time. you were on board? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um yeah, that was, you know, all that team. Nobby Solano, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Lauren Robert, and there was like the when uh, so Bobby Robson was the manager and then Graeme Sooness came in. So that yeah. sort of area, uh, era, I was probably too young to really remember Les Ferdinand and Alan Shearer and, you know, the Newcastle Brownell top of like that team, the yeah, entertainers under Brownells. Kevin Keegan and all that. So Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and that, that's when they were like sort of dominating. But didn't... Yeah. Am I wrong in saying Shearer only won with uh, Blackburn Rovers? Did yeah, he win you, one with Newcastle? Was no, he? No, no, you're, you're spot on. He um, yeah, won in 95, 96 with Kenny Dalgleish, the Blackburn manager. And then. Yeah, right. Because it, it seems like he would just, you know, he would have naturally done it with Newcastle because nah. they were such a successful team. The last sort of great Newcastle era from my perspective. Mm. <laughs> like, you're like, shut up. No, you shut no, up. No, no, no. But like, I reckon like around like 2007, 2008, like, Michael Owen. Stuart, like Shearer was on his last. Yeah, yeah. And like, didn't like Denbar Bar and that sort of stuff. Like, that he was, was like a couple cool, years later. Yeah. Cool yeah. team to support. Yeah, yeah. He was a couple of years later. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I like um, some Maxim now and, um, mm. you yeah, know, uh, John Joe Shelby. Yeah. Um, he's cool, man. <laughs> You've got a few like entertaining players. And I also like those like clash, uh, classic sort of. I mean, I obviously don't want him to beat Liverpool ever, but I like those classic sort of honest working class British sides that have a lot of history mm. and like Newcastle is definitely one of those. Yeah, and Sunderland until I die is soul destroying, but I also enjoyed that. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a Netflix docker for those that maybe haven't seen it. But um yeah, yeah no, it, it's been fascinating the Newcastle team and sort of the, the evolution of the team. Now we're just kind of holding on to Premier League status every year. So uh we managed yeah. we managed to hold on, but maybe let's talk a little bit a little bit about Liverpool. Yeah, and maybe we can touch on this tattoo that you got in your arm. So for those that maybe follow you or don't follow you, I remember seeing this when you got it done. What was it you got when Liverpool and Man City were battling yeah. it out for the Premier League title? What? Yeah, not last season. The season Liverpool lost it by a point to City That's when City one. went set two in a row. Um, yeah. and you preempted it. Were you still working at Triple J at that point? And you got I was the, working at Triple J. Yeah, you, and you got the Liverpool yeah. champions, nineteen twenty. So for those that maybe haven't seen it, look on the Instagram. But can you make it look on your Instagram? But can you just talk us through this whole um, tattoo that you got now? Because you've recently yeah. uh, amended things. Updated last it. Year. Yeah, yeah. So I got um, yeah. So I got Liverpool FC champions nineteen. Actually, it was it was nineteen, uh, and it was it was actually before the Barcelona game. So I kind of thought it would be. I, I kind of always thought, I was like, look, I hope it suits, but I always had the idea of like, I would update it someday when, once we eventually did uh, win one. But it, it's kind of, it was kind of flawed because I called it for the Premier League. I'm like, you know, we're going to get it done. I thought Brighton, you know, might've um, beaten City, big shock. And they were one nil up for like 30 seconds. Um, but um, yeah, so I got Liverpool FC champions 19 and we didn't win the league, obviously, even though getting those that record amount of points, it was just the most wild season. wasn't. I think it was like, we had 97 points and City had 98. In I think end. it was, yeah, uh, not, yeah, one point in it. It was insane. And, um, but then obviously we ended up, um, so just before the end of the season, we had that crazy comeback, Barcelona 4-0 and then won the Champions League. So it's kind of not really, like we did win a cup in 2019 actually. So it's not like completely wrong, but 
because it was intended for the um, Premier League um, last year when we finally ended up doing it in June. Um, ben, who I host the show with, he freehanded it and fixed it. Well, I mean, I say fixed it, probably made it worse, but <laughs> with a slash 20 uh, and then season written underneath freehand. So it's, it is, like, sometimes I forget about it, but I went... Um, was doing, was doing some diving in the um, Great Barrier Reef over the holidays, you know, while I was in uh, Queensland, had to do the quarantine stuff. And um, yeah, some guy was like, he's like, is that Liverpool tattoo like real? And I was like, oh yeah, like, yeah, I mean, obviously it's real, I don't know, it's not like a pretty frog tattoo, but then I have to like explain the story. But then I'm also like, you know, like people get all sorts of like, you know, tattoos of like wolves and, you know, pine trees and shit like that. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I I'm happy to explain the joke and I love Liverpool. So it's kind of, it's meaningful to me in that, in that sense, but I might have to, I don't know, fix it up someday. I don't think I'm going to get a full sleeve anytime soon. So I think I'll just live with it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, are you, is there going to be any extensions on it or like, do you wake up some days and look at yourself in the mirror and go like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> yeah, no, it sucks. It does suck. To be honest, it's like very minimal. Uh, once again, like, you know, fighting an uphill battle sometimes talking about Premier League to the masses in Australia, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. didn't didn't really didn't really get a very good reaction on the show, and I was like, shit, I've like <laughs> like ruined my body, and no one really cared about the bit. We've done a lot more things that had more of an impact, but I um yeah no, it's 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 meaningful to me because I love the I'll show you something quickly. I'm in, just in my spare room here. This obviously doesn't work. Do you actually upload this video anywhere? Yeah, this is going on YouTube. So for those okay. that are maybe listening we'll on podcasts and want to see what's going on, jump over to the yeah. YouTube page and um, watch this. Watch the episode. Got this little little drawer here. Okay. This is my little <laughs> Liverpool-specific Liverpool drawer. I've got the um, the Champions League Carlsberg beers. That actually tastes very good. Right uh, down here, I've got the... Um, the uh, the Liverpool Sambas have been in years, but um yeah like look at the kits here got like this is one of my favourites Torres kit yeah the Torres you know when it was like prime Torres when he like, first came to the club literally yeah. and I got I got the long sleeve as well which he always used to don with those lovely I've got the um Pepe Reina okay there. were you a keeper when you were young season. is there, is that I what? was you're looking at uh, South Australia's state under fifteen goalkeeper right here mate actually. <laughs> actually actually really uh, yeah man got a gerard here okay got there we go whole stacking kit so and then like this is an old dog leash one yeah it's like a Classic. knockoff but uh yeah i got some sort of little draw there of all the old um liverpool kits so yeah that's all right i keep those i also like look terrible in them because i've got a little bit of a beer belly when i say a little bit i mean a massive beer belly so i don't know if you find that but you have to be very athletic to look good in a shirt mainly worn by athletes <laughs> yeah yeah just wear, <laughs> just wear a t-shirt under it or something like that a long sleeve shirt with a kid over the top generally looks all right so yeah yeah true that's <laughs> you can hide works. things well right, yeah. so, you, so you mentioned that you were legitimately the state 15s goalkeeper for south australia can you yes. just maybe explain this a little bit more? yeah firstly a couple of questions that are springing to mind why are you, were you a keeper and two, why yeah. did you stop playing? Uh, well, I mean, so this is the thing. Um, people are like, oh, you know, why are you working on the radio? That's great. This is this is trash for me. I wanted to be the goalkeeper for Liverpool. And I had bigger my dreams, dreams never came right? true. I did. I did. Um, you know, just like just like a lot of, um, you know, Aussie kids, that was the dream. When, it, you know, anyone asked me what I wanted to do, I wanted to play for Liverpool. Um, <laughs> so when I was 10, I realised I was um, atrocious at actually playing on the outfield as you know how it starts a lot of the time with the keepers Smart. and um around that time it was was so my 10th birthday 
was the actual day that Australia beat Japan 3-1 in the first uh, game of the 2006 World Cup. Okay. So that, I turned 10 on that day. And so I was, I was already inspired when I was sort of nine from the heroics of Mark Schwarzer in the Uruguay um, you know, qualifier mm. and the penalty shootout. Yeah. And so Schwarzer was like my hero around that time. That sort of really got me into goalkeeping. So, and uh, yeah, I played for a few teams over the years and I played for Marbury Jets, Campbelltown, Blue Eagles, probably means nothing from anyone in um Shout in out Perth. To, to those suburbs. Shout out to the uh, the SA listeners. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I was properly right into it too. Yeah, I was about 17, 18. Um Loved it. Like went to the UK on one of those sort of tours with some some goalkeepers from around the country, and we um trained at we got to train at Liverpool, which was cool, and um, uh, Chelsea and a few of the bigger teams. We got to train with Schwarzer at Fulham over a few days. So wow, okay, that was killer. And um, yeah, to be honest, I just sort of fell out of love with it. Like when I was mm. sort of seventeen, like late 16, 17, I just sort of like, I mean, from like. 13 I was like one of those kids that's just sort of training every single day so and I loved it I was obsessed with it and then um yeah just kind of like realized oh, I don't really want to do this anymore like I sort of I'd started doing um from when I was 15 I was doing community radio mm. um as well so that was kind of like a side thing I was doing which is kind of I'm like, what a weird kid I'm like doing all this goal <laughs> went goalkeeper training and doing community radio and, then, <laughs> and uh, I kind of like I sort of found like um you know I was obsessed with it but like keeping never sort of came naturally to me like I just I enjoyed it um but I was you know sort of working really hard for it and then the, the radio stuff I was really enjoying but it's sort of coming to me a bit more naturally and I sort of yeah got to a point where I sort of just made the call to to give it away and sort of pursue the radio thing and sort of mm. you know led to led to a career so that's cool and I mean you know who knows maybe if I stuck with it, it would have led to a career some of the people I played with the sort of a league now and um a lot, a lot of people just quit. Like, what? That's what mm. ended up. Everyone gets sick of it, don't uh, they? Yeah, well, that's it. And but yeah. it's still like a tricky life. Like, um, one of my uh, good mates uh, is Jordan O'Doherty, who's a uh, league player. He's just moved to Newcastle Jets from Western Sydney Wanderers. Started mm-hmm. off at Adelaide United. Uh, did a stint at um, Melbourne Victory as well. And like, it's it's like pretty. It's, it's a tricky life for those guys. Like, you sort of. He had a big ACL injury last year, which was shocking. Like, you know, that's like, you know, I couldn't think that if I had some sort of, I don't know injury my throat or something oh, oh yeah I, I could pretty much work through anything I, I do radio but like not being able to do what you love for a, for a whole year yeah. like would be so tricky so and then sometimes you know you sort of get moved around and you've got to resettle in a, in a new place and it's uh it's not an easy life being being a professional footballer so I definitely admire those those guys and all the um, and girls and all the sacrifices they, they make to get to that point and then mm. how hard you have to work at stay there all the time to stay there yeah it's crazy it's mm. you know yeah. So um, I don't know. I think I, I'm like I'm, I'm happy with the call I made, and I'm not sort of saying for one second that I would have ever, you know, <laughs> ended up um, playing professionally. But yeah, it's you, you really got to love it like wholeheartedly to um, have a proper crack at it, don't you? Mm, yeah, and I, I think um, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. And Alex uh, Grant, who's one of the, one of the three that are on this podcast. I do these interviews mm. on the side as well, but uh, our usual show, Alex is our current player and he's playing at Pohang Steelers, but yeah, he would probably understand everything you're saying as well. Moved over to England, played you know, yeah. on Portsmouth's books, was on Stoke City's books, came back to Perth and sort of really cut his teeth at Perth Glory and is now over in Korea with his young family. So um, yeah, 
Yeah, he's plenty, crazy, of, plenty of stories about that and having to move around. But now he's obviously traveling through Asia and has been playing in the Asian Champions League and sort of going through Thailand. And yeah, it's crazy, crazy isn't as it? Well, yeah. And you see, it's like all of a sudden, like there's, um, uh, I'm also mates with a, a fellow named Ryan Strain who just finished up playing at Adelaide United. It's moved over to Israel of all places. Like you're seeing a lot of these yeah. um, A-League players now like having a crack in all these sorts of different countries, probably getting paid a hell of a lot more as well. So good on them. But like, that's <laughs> such a, that's such a move to just yeah. move your whole life to, you know, you know, it's completely different mm. cultures and creeds and different religions and things. And it'd be, you know, it'd be a bit of culture shock. I'd imagine when you, when you first move over, but um, that's, you know, I suppose that's when you think about it, you know, the dream is to play for one of these big Premier League clubs, but also like getting paid a good wage while you can, while you're young, um, doesn't matter where you're playing. Like if you're getting paid to actually play for a team, but it was, it was also crazy. Like I was kind of like, he was out for dinner with some of the players and I was looking at his Instagram story. And um, yeah, like one of the dudes who's on this team was obviously, obviously sort of not a name that I recognize from Real Madrid, but he would have, you know, started a few games. And like, I was kind of like looking at his Instagram, there's like photos of him like playing with Ronaldo, like, like CR7 Ronaldo mm. and uh, it's, it's crazy isn't it like mm. some pe- some people can make it as well but you might have never heard of them sort of thing. yeah yeah wait so do you do you go to many A-League games you said obviously you got a couple of friends and you played state at state level but yeah. you follow the Adelaide United closely I should more I should I certainly should more um, yeah I've been to a couple of games since I've been back in Adelaide uh, I lived in Sydney for three years and only uh, went to the Australia games and when Liverpool came at that time, but I didn't really get around. I literally lived next to Allianz Arena um, and I never went to the Sydney FC games. I, was, I went to a couple when Adelaide came, but um, yeah, but I um, I was a member for like 10 years and like had the same seats. Used to go with my, my dad to every game and froth that. So my knowledge of like Adelaide United, like 2006, 2007, like, <laughs> like Travis Dodd. Good. Yeah, Travis Van, Dodd. Van, you know Van Dyke, was that his name, the striker? Yeah, Van yeah. Dyke. Yeah, that, he was like a little bit later on, but he was elite. But uh, Ange Costanza, I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, and yeah, like, hell yeah. long hair. Like, yeah. there's some Nathan Burns. He yeah. played in China. I think he ended up moving to China, but like, he was one of my favorite players. He played in Romario. Japan. I, I, I actually saw Nathan Burns, me and Alex Grant. Yeah. Um, so we went on a trip to Japan in 2016 and Nathan Burns was playing for FC Tokyo and we went and watched him right. play in Tokyo. So yeah, he went, to, he, went to, he went to Japan, not China, but yeah, no. We, we had uh, Robbie Cornflade as well. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Doing his some, media some... thing in Adelaide now, Robbie Cornflade. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. The other day, um, you reminded me of saying that there, like, I, um, have you seen that um, meme before of um, Ben Affleck just like, like sucking a dairy, like, and he's like, just like yeah, yeah, staring yeah. and he's like Taking staring five. into the abyss. <laughs> and people post it on Christmas and stuff being like at lunch, like after speaking to my family. Um, the other day I walked past the Wellington pub in North Adelaide and um, there was a guy like sucking a durry, like looking into the abyss, like next to the pub. <laughs> and it was Travis Dodd. <laughs> and he, he reminded me exactly of that meme. And I just, I sort of like was like looking at him and then he like saw me looking at him and I just sort of gave him a nod like Travis Dodd. And uh, he sort of gave me a nod back and that was it. Just a little bit of acknowledgement. <laughs> just kept, sort of kept walking, walking along. But yeah, it's crazy. Like a lot of those guys now obviously just, you know, have sort of jobs and mm. day-to-day life. But, mm. I mean, you know, a lot of them sort of did at the start of the A-League. I went to the inaugural um, Adelaide United game against Newcastle Jets. Carl Vietz got a goal. First goal in A-League history. I was there. Wow. And uh, yeah, Carl Vietz the coach now of Adelaide United. Yep. But um yeah, it's it's. I mean, most of them are just like real estate agents and playing, you know, on the weekend. So it's cool. Like the, at least the A League's come a long way as well. Mm, yeah, for sure. Wow. So uh, I think we've definitely uncovered that you are a rusted on football fan. There's no, there's no denying it. 
Um, yeah, you've, yeah. Men- you've mentioned a couple of times your radio career, and I've got a couple of questions for you. Mm. Um, firstly, have you planned anything for Monday? Should England... So are you back at work on Monday, is it? I'm back up, yeah. So I start work at 5 a.m. and Adelaide, the game starts at 4.30. So a real pain in the ass. Okay, okay. This is also why it's very hard for me to watch uh, a lot of these games. Have you got anything planned for the show or is there any um, any sort of discussions with Ben potentially about what you may do? Should England bring it home? I think uh, Ben is actually going to tattoo three lines on my chest. Like that is an actual thing? No. <laughs> no I learned enough. I learned I learned enough from the last I should have I should have I should have picked that, that up. <laughs> nah, I, I to be honest, haven't yet. Um okay. once again, it's kind of like to be completely honest, like as much as I love it, you sort of really need to um my job sort of thinking who you who you're talking to. And for me, True. it's mainly uh mum school mums from Adelaide now is, is my my go-to. <laughs> so a lot of them don't give a shit. If, yeah. if anything, it's more like, oh, the, the poems, like, it's going, you know what I mean? Like, they, how dare you for not supporting Australia? But the Australia aren't in the Euros, you see. No, mm. they don't care. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll celebrate a bit, but I don't think I'm going to get, I'm not going to get a lot of time to be like, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, well, I've, I've got a suggestion for you. All right. So I don't know whether you've seen okay, this. Me, this, this, is, this is only uh, dropped in the past three days. I actually was showed this last night by my brother. And I was quite amazed by uh, mm. the fact that this had happened. But essentially, you've been keeping up with obviously the it's coming home jokes, and you know I don't know if you've heard the Southgate you or the one chance, and all. Have you have you been keeping across this at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So essentially, Atomic Kitten, who yeah, created yeah, sure. that song that the Southgate Southgate you're the one that song. Yeah. They created the original Hole Again. It's called Hole Again. Yeah. So Atomic Kitten, uh, original the original song Hole Again, which is what that tune is too they have re-recorded their song whole again with the lyrics southgate yes. you're the one and football's coming home in it so what i figured i would do is play maybe a, a minute or so for you now so you can hear the main lyrics and then here's an idea you could potentially play this on your radio show on monday should england because one it's a family-friendly song and the mums will like it when they're taking yes. their kids to school. So it ticks they that box. So you can indul- self-indulge mm-hmm. slightly. And three, it's hilarious. So this is this is it. And um, <laughs> I, ho- I hope you haven't heard this before. Because this is it. You're going to kind of hear it through my mic, but we'll give it a crack. I did, I, I, do you know what? It was in my group chat the other day and I didn't click on it. Okay, so there well, you here go. we go. Yeah, yeah. That is sick. 
there you go. So that's that's the tune. Um, that is good. I figured I would just suggest that to you as a potential uh, break for you in your radio show. Yeah. And that way you can go. Yeah, that is good. Our team. And, you know, maybe not go over the top because, you know, the mothers aren't going to know what that song's about, <laughs> are they? They're just going, oh, this is They're nice. just going to be vibing out to it. Yeah. That is very good. That actually works too well. I also yeah. love the whole, the um, Southgate story as well. Like, yeah, good story. You know what I mean? It's like a good link in. He obviously missed the penalty, so England didn't make it in 96. And now it's all these years on, he's got the chance to, uh, 25 years on, he's got the um, chance to repent for his sins. Yes, he does. And um, yeah, he's, he's done really well this tournament. And he just carries the team well. And I've sort of spoken on this podcast with guests and we have as a trio, me, Alex and Bryce, about his story. Mm. But um, yeah, he, he's, he's a very calm, cool, collected guy, isn't he? Yeah, which is important. Yeah. Um, for a, for a gaffer. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, he's no clock, but he's up there. <laughs> I tell you what as well, the, um, you know, obviously the Italians that you've got, you know, people see in the video as well as your uh, background, couldn't work out how to do a zoom background myself, but you've got the Italian team in all their, uh, in all their suits. But I mean, Southgate, he's been wearing a waistcoat for years. Yeah. You know, a waistcoat rather. Yeah. It looks good. It looks suave as. Yes. I like, I like, I like how there is the option for each manager to like either go the tracksuit or like the big jack, like or the club shop, like wearing, you know, wearing all the, um, all the merch or or the suit, mm. um, which is great. Joachim Lau goes for the uh, white shirt tucked in with a good booger on the um, lapel. Yeah. That's his. Um, that's his. And Hansi Flick taking over. Yeah, now he is. As the, uh, as the coach for, for Germany. Yeah, so 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 Joachim Lau's now leaving Germany. And, you know, I don't know if you saw him in this tournament. Mm. You've seen, you seen that the vision of him, like, putting his fingers down his crack and then... Scratching like, his butthole. Yeah, and then having yes, a sniff. Yes. But he did it again uh, in this tournament. He was, did it with the ear or something like that. But he did it with another area you don't put your fingers in and then immediately yes. bring them to your nose. But he That's did it. Truly... He, and he got caught, like, just watching the game, 60th minute or whatever, finger in the nose, uh, finger in the ear. Yeah, and he was doing the old sniff, sniff again. So a truly disgusting he's man. He's I've heard he's um, giving up uh, national team duties so he can um, eat his snot and um, and and sniff his butt fingers full time. Uh, so it's good he's um, you know putting some time into the uh, the things that he really cares about. And I wish him all the best. Yes, uh, so do I. So um, all right. Well, look, I'm glad I could add that piece of uh, you know maybe solidify that as an idea for your show. And you know make sure if if you do it, you got to Give the podcast a shout out, mate. We're trying to grow yeah, this yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's fair enough. All right. Let's uh, talk a little bit more about your career because you have mentioned it. You're back in Adelaide now. Um, mm. You started at Triple J, as I said at the start of the show. Um, we'll maybe talk about that transition shortly. But for those that maybe haven't, you know, obviously we got a lot of Perth listeners and now I'm in Sydney. So maybe, who knows, a few in Sydney and maybe a few in Pohang. But you recently spent a week trapped in a glass box in yes. uh, Trundle Mall. Is that correct? Rundle Mall. You're Rundle Mall. You're Trundle. So Perth and Sydney, it hurts. <laughs> Jeez, a lot of people are going to hate Rundle that. Rundle Mall. Trundle Travis Mall. Travis included. Yeah. This is the TR. So there Rundle we go. Mall. Yeah. No, that's fair. It's like a big thing here, but obviously not there. Yeah, all right. Okay. So Rundle Mall in Adelaide City Centre. Um yeah, maybe. How, how is that? Because like, for those that maybe don't know what it is, go and look on your Instagram and maybe have a little Google. You were literally trapped in a glass box in the middle of Trundle Hall, uh, Trundle Mall. <laughs> Rundle Mall. Yeah, I know, I know. But Trundle for the sake of this podcast. But how was it? And why, why did you end up doing that? Because you were raising money for something. Maybe just talk a little yes. bit about it. 
Yeah, mate. No, honestly. Um, so we've had just, I'm in my second week off now, but that was, and back to work on Monday, but that was the last uh, sort of week we did on the radio. Honestly, in my uh, almost 10 years now doing radio, that is uh, probably the most sort of meaningful, sort of most important week uh, we've ever done. Like Ben and I were talking about it after he shot off to the airport, like literally a couple of hours after to go to New Zealand for a, for a couple of weeks. But I was like, yeah, I think that's my favourite week in radio so far. So um, it was trapped because uh, obviously some people can sort of feel uh, trapped in their own mind sometimes when they're experiencing mental health issues. So the whole thing was sort of having um, positive conversations around mental health and also to raise uh, funds for Lifeline, who obviously speak to people in crisis, 13, 11, 14, if you ever need to call uh, Lifeline. But they're, you know, they're a, pre a pretty big national a brand. A lot of people know about what Lifeline are about, but in, um, uh, well, sort of around around the country, mostly run by volunteers. I don't know if you knew that, but it's kind of wild, no, like thinking people, yeah, people sort of, you know, work eight hours and then these like saints are like volunteering their time on the phone, sort of speaking to people in their time of need. So in, in South Australia, especially, they get no government bunting funding so um yeah we wanted to raise some funds and uh so sort of people could donate while they're there or whilst they're listening to the show and um yeah we ended up raising ninety thousand dollars for for lifeline so um wow. that was and, and what was what was the goal the goal was 20 so Damn. we smashed that uh and i was kind of you know a little bit disappointed we didn't get to the ton i wanted to raise the bat but yeah um no it sort of blew, blew <laughs> the out nervous the 90s <laughs> Exactly. And like, um, you know, so many people sort of shared their um, stories with things they've sort of gone through. And um, yeah, it was a really sort of emotional week, but a yep. great week. And um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was also one of the hardest things I've done. Like we, I did a marathon last year um, without any training for a PlayStation 5. And uh, the year before that, Ben and I tandem cycled 180 Ks uh, to the One Night Stand, which is a big concert we were doing uh, on Triple J. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, this was probably the hardest just because like Rundemore was like, I mean, it's just like, obviously that's the main, if you imagine the main shopping strip really in the city. Um, and it was full glass box. We we're living in there, no showers, um, oh, sleeping wow. in there. And people- really? Seven days without a shower? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. it was five. It was it was five. it was a week, but it was a on week. radio week. Work so week, it was yeah. mon Monday to Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, still tough, yeah, man. Oh yeah, we stunk. How? Yeah, <laughs> that's. I'm curious to know just like how long going without it, like that long without a shower, maybe confined in a glass box with another smelly man. What was yeah. that like? Oh, absolutely foul. But you just get used to it, I suppose. But hair was sort of greasy and yuck. Um, just like felt dirty, especially because we were just. It was hard because like people were by the end of the week, more and more people were sort of hearing on the radio and coming down to say good day, which is awesome. So there's like lots of families and stuff. But a lot of people were like going to dinner and then coming to see us after. Mm. So, you know, it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and we're like riding on whiteboards, like sort of talking to people. And, and there was also a 24-7 live stream. So it was a little bit like Big Brother, like we've been watching wow. the whole time. And I was I got um Joachim Lay out a few times and got sprung, like screenshotted, like picking boogers in my oh, nose. Right. And, I didn't scratch my butt because no one actually does that. I don't know why he feels the need to do that in the dugouts, but um, <laughs> yeah, I got I got got caught out a few times there. But yeah, it was it was just you sort of just had to be on the whole time, and you also like obviously wanted to leave everyone with a good impression if they were coming to say good day. So it was hard to. There was one point Ben went to, to bed one night and sort of like rolled over, and then I was like writing a little sign in the window to say, "Hey, off to bed. Um, you know, see you tomorrow. Thanks for coming. Thanks for supporting us." And um, yeah, this like saw this little family walking down, and I was like, oh, damn, okay. And so I like put the sign down, and said good day to them, and then like put the sign back up. And then I swear to God, sixteen different groups of people came within the space of an hour, from like ten to eleven p.m. So we were so sleep deprived as well because we're up for four for the show every morning. So. 
but wow. you know it was all in all very worth it and uh a really really fun thing yeah so, yeah and, I, was, I was happy with that one and a super unique experience that only doing yeah. commercial radio like that you could you know like, who ever is going to be legally allowed to do that otherwise well, you know that, what i mean to be honest, it's super weird but that's also one of the um like a lot of the times one of the questions i get is sort of like oh like you know why why did you guys leave triple j and like we um especially because you know like doing a national show um so you know uh, we just do our show in adelaide on over we, we do national sort of weekends so you're in Perth, wherever you are, you can listen on over on Sunday mornings if you're at all interested or check out, we've got a podcast as well, Ben Lamb. Um, but uh, that's one of the reasons, like after sort of three years, we're kind of like, you know, like we, we sort of loved it, mm. but we thought, hey, time for a new challenge. And we'd sort of done community radio for years before we did um, Triple J, which is ABC, so public radio. And then we're like, let's give commercial radio a crack. So we're into our second year now, but it's, to be honest, just having a budget as well, like, and a team like we never really had a big team behind us so now we're like hey we want to live in a box for a week and they're like cool well let's do that and they can make the box and make it all happen and then we can you know raise all this money and yeah it's it's really cool like being able to just bring your sort of crazy ideas to um to life a lot more so there's nothing we sort of haven't done yet that we uh like there's nothing we haven't been able to do when we've had the idea as a team like we sort of everyone finds a way and yeah mm. it's really cool that's good. Well, that's um, yeah. That was what I was going to ask. Like the tra- obviously the transition was obviously well publicized as well. How, how have you found it? Obviously, aside from doing um, having more budget, like do you prefer maybe working more on commercial radio? Do you feel like it maybe fits you yeah. better, or do you kind of miss maybe the, the music side of Triple J? Oh, look, make no mistake. I prefer Triple J's music. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah. Probably no people probably wouldn't mind me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. me saying that, but yeah, no, I, music's not for me. Um, but that's also you know, when like I remember seeing comments as well when we moved over, people being like, "Oh, I heard they listen to Triple J like when they throw to a song so they can see." I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, if you work in radio, you're not listening to the song. Like, you're literally got three minutes to be like, shit, what am I going to talk about next? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you're yeah, yeah. in the yeah, sort of working. So we're not listening to the tunes whilst they're whilst they're on. Uh, but yeah, I think I, I think it's probably better, better suited to us. I'd probably prefer it a bit just because um, purely just because of the uh, you know, there's there's just a uh, really great sort of I, I i loved the team obviously at triple j as well but it's just a bit bigger team at nova and um a lot of really sort of dedicated people and they sort of um they want to um sort of do all these these big ideas and uh you know everything has their has their um pros and cons but um yeah i think we're really happy here it's also just nice being able to live back in adelaide it's kind of like crazy that we can um live where we grew up and sort of do our job and uh and um still sort of be around our family and friends is mm. um moving to sydney I, I love living in sydney but um obviously like uh you know it's a little bit tricky when you know, first moved over to such a big city i was 20 when i moved over obviously you sort of got to make a whole new wow a bunch of mates and sort of i miss i miss the gang there and i sort of get up to see um friends when i can but yeah um living back here is wild i mean we also got to buy a house which is nice and you can't do that in sydney yes exactly <laughs> right so there's some roads down which is good that's it that's it mate so yeah loving it so and um yeah it's well, i mean super close to work as well so everywhere everything's close in adelaide is adelaide so i can i can you know i'm only probably like a uh, half an hour walk away from trundle mall if i want to trundle <laughs> down there so um there's always good stuff to do here that's for sure <laughs> trundle mall oh, lordy all right do you, you get you getting sick of these breakfast radio hours do you think like what's the longevity for a breakfast radio host do you think 
know. A lot of people. Until you get booted like, off, until the ratings are shit. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just signed a big contract, actually. So even though I'm shit, they're going to pay me for a few more years. So that's good. It's, uh, fine with me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can't see us slowing down anytime soon. We, um, so, what time do you get up? Get up at four o'clock every morning. Yeah. Um, what time are you in bed? Uh, I used to be, especially my Triple J days, I used to be a little bit of a party animal, if I'm being completely honest. And uh, there's lots of free gigs and things and sort of cool stuff happening. So I was out, uh, yeah, it's kind of just 11.30 yep. at most, sort of Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sort of. But um, yeah, obviously a lot later on the weekends. But yeah, now I've, I've uh, mellowed out a little bit more now. So I, to be honest, I sort of aim for 8.30. I've got nothing on just because you just need to, you just you got to do it to yourself. Especially mm. we, we work for like... The show's, um, you know, only goes six till nine, um, but uh, and you get in at five to sort of, um, uh, you know, plan before. But we're also sort of in until two, three p.m. every day as well, sort of planning and doing videos and that sort of stuff. So there's, you know, even though it's, um, it is just pissing around for the money. It is, um, you know, there's a little bit of thought. There's a little bit of thought that goes into it. So. And we, you know, we're trying to sort of make the best show we possibly can. So, especially when you do those bigger things like the box and that, that sort of obviously takes a lot of planning behind the scenes to make th- those things happen. So, yeah. yeah. But um, oh man, I just love it. Like it's uh, yeah, it's it's uh, hard work, but it's like it's honestly like the best gig in the world. So that's good. I mean, I'm a second to being the goalkeeper for Liverpool, but apart from that, you know, it's <laughs> it's right up there. So. Um, yeah, we, Ben and I are going on eight years doing the show together now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, been, been quite a while really, but we, I mean, I, I turned 25, um, what last month. So, so I think that's the other thing, the, the, uh, the longevity will hopefully, well, you know, hopefully be there a little bit more. I mean, we don't even have kids yet, so we sort of can yeah. afford to be getting up early and mucking yeah. around and spending weeks away from our partners and that sort of stuff. So, yeah. so yeah, yeah, we've wow. got a while yet. Oh, well, that's good. Um, that kind of maybe that's a good segue into, um, I put out a call on Instagram to our many, many, cool. many Instagram uh, followers, and we got a few back. So I was pretty happy about that. But um, yes, nice. We will start. Let's start with. Was it just uh, why'd you leave Triple J? You know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. No, no, none, none of that. Um, but going on what you said about you and Ben um, having worked together for eight or so years now. Um, yeah. We'll start with a question from Sophie Ferguson. So Sophie said. I know the story, but for maybe those that don't, is how did you get to Triple J? So I started, as I said, when I was 15, um, I started at, yeah, in between under 15s training and all that. I managed to start at a station called PBA FM in Salisbury, which is in the northern suburbs from where I sort of grew up uh, in Adelaide. And uh, it was like the ultimate community radio station, still is great place. Um, anyone can sort of rock up and start doing the shows, but it's just like, um, it's like a Christian um, sort of rock show. And then, um, up, up, you know, the next it's a Congolese drum line. And then after that, it's the Cajun cooking and death metal show. Like, it's like, it's one of those like classic, like every hour is like a different yeah, sort yeah. of, and then that you there's a similar, there's a similar station in Perth, RTR FM 92.1, which is, yeah, yeah. I did a bit of work on that when I was, oh, um, right, there you go. yeah, when I was in my like, early twenties and stuff. So yeah, I know, I know what it's like. And uh, yeah, yeah. So like, obviously there's all sorts of, so sometimes you tune in and it's like jazz and other times um, people are speaking like Arabic doing a, a show for that sort of community. So it's all over the shop. So I did a show called Juba Jabba Radio. Um, and uh, yeah, so I sort of did 
92.7, which is a another community station in Adelaide, which is probably the biggest one um, in Adelaide for community radio. It's that once again awesome place. So um, if you're listening, and you want to get into radio, that's it's just community radio is always the answer to be honest, because you can one of those crazy things where you can um, literally have your own radio show like you know whatever level it is you can sort of go and play some tunes and talk and it's there's not many industries where you can do that so um yeah I started at Fresh and then I met Ben there and uh so yeah we're doing one show a week and then we end up getting a second show then three shows then four shows and then we ended up becoming the first ever people um at Fresh to have the first paid gig there which was kind of like the dream like that was that was all we ever wanted to sort of get paid for the gig. And we actually brought in a, a producer with us, even though we didn't know what producers did at that time. And he, he didn't actually sit in the studio and take calls because, you know, that would have been, uh, you know, way too silly. So he actually used to, to sit in there and be really quiet. He used to sit in the studio and be really quiet with us. And then when we threw to a song, we'd all rapidly answer the phones together <laughs> instead of answering calls, which is what, you know, producers sort of supposed to be doing. So we cut the minimum wage in three ways to bring this producer in, which secretly I reckon that's how we got the gig over other people. And uh, yeah, I think we we're getting paid like 16 grand a year or something like that. So wow. we did that did that for three years and then we moved to Triple Jack, which was the big move. That was sort of, we went from this, you know, little community station to this big sort of national show and we did that for three years. And then, um, yeah, then the uh, opportunity came up and they rarely come up to do a commercial breakfast show in Adelaide, in our hometown. So we thought, hell, this is... Uh, this is the next move. So we, we, uh, we, you know, took that one. And then, um, of course we had to sort of like, um, you know, sort of get bigger shows within Nova over the years when people mm. sort of finish up and move on and that sort of thing. So, but I mean, we're quite happy where we are at the moment with the mm. sort of, but obviously we want to sort of get back to the, to the national scene, hopefully, hopefully someday with, with Nova. So yeah, yeah it's, it's been a, I mean, that that's, yeah, it's been quite the journey, but that's just the short version community radio so we had a few technical difficulties there but started in community radio sophie and then did what we did because i actually used to do a radio show with sophie on community radio and then got the gig go. triple j so uh, did you apply for the gig at triple j's as simple as that uh no we actually uh to be honest we ben and i six months before we moved to triple j we had one one week that's the other thing we used to have one week off a year uh, when we were working it fresh so yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was hard work like we used to work over christmas and stuff and you know we've put a lot of time into it but um we kind of reached the point where we we're like you know what? i think we've like we've done this now like we kind of i don't know i think i think everyone sort of has that you know sometimes in their in their role they might be like yeah maybe we've sort of outgrown this stage of whatever this is and we're sort of ready for the next step and so we didn't necessarily know what that was but we used that week to go to melbourne and sydney and uh, emailed everyone we sort of knew in radio stations and said, hey, like we've, you know, Ben Liam from community station in Adelaide, we'd love to sort of have five minutes of your time. And we set up all these meetings with all these different execs and stuff. And, um, you know, most of the time, if you email someone and say, you're gonna, you know, you just want five minutes of the time, they'll give you an hour, um, especially if you're flying over for it. So, yeah. um, and, uh, you know, we met some great people, a lot of people in the industry still know to this day. And um, to be honest, Triple J wasn't even on the cast, but when we were there, we, we knew Tom Ballard used to host the show back in the day so it wow. used to be tom and alex because um he came in for interviews on our show at fresh and then we ended up getting him you know one week um for the adelaide fringe we got him to or for the whole month we got him to come in and just review shows and say what was good to see and that sort of stuff so we texted him and said hey do you know anyone at triple j and he gave us the boss's email ollie wards uh, he was the boss at the time and um we said hey we're in sydney like today but from a community radio show do you mind if we come and say good day and 
and um, we did. And uh, he he literally did say, um, to be honest, guys, we will never hire you because you're two straight white guys from Adelaide. So like, it's probably not what we're really looking for, but which is fair um, because obviously like diversity is a big thing for for the ABC as it should be. And um, yeah, uh, so you we showed didn't him, really think. Yeah, well, we didn't think. Well, he did he pick us, <laughs> so he obviously went back on that. He yeah. decided to be yeah. The straight white guys look pretty good for some reason, but we, um, uh, so he sort of like, um, yeah, I think maybe Matt and Alex decided they wanted us to leave within that six month period. And he just sort of started asking us for stuff, asked more stuff, asked more stuff. And Ben and I were getting up at two in the morning. We were coming into fresh whilst no one was around, recording a demo for Triple J, sending that, and then starting our actual radio show after that. So, and we were just peppering them with demos as quick as as quick as they ask them and then they go oh why don't you do this one about this and what this one about this and i remember there was one they were like i want to see the other side of you guys so can you talk about like something harder in your lives you know something a bit sadder or whatever and there was all sorts of um different demos and then yeah it was kind of out of the blue like they sort of said hey would you um come up to sydney like the gig and we kind of knew for couple of months before we announced it and it's was, it was crazy so yeah it's, that's that's how it all happens mm, that's fascinating obviously i mean the transition into that role was um not easy i think i think that's been well documented no, no. i mean yeah. you you've, you've gone public and sort of you know you've been really open about the the backlash that was faced obviously there was comparisons of your voice to hamish blake's voice and there was all sorts of but there was a lot of you know hatred pretty much said towards you guys and you guys were just trying Big to do time. your best and you, you copped a lot of online hate firstly is that subsided nowadays is there less so yeah man or that oh big time and yeah two, like how, how did you deal with that because that's obviously being 20 being thrust into you know because in australian terms the triple j breakfast show any show on triple j but specifically the breakfast show has been built up as this massive radio show mm. um and you were pretty young getting that gig so to be in that situation was tough how did you deal with it at the time and yeah has it stopped now yeah i probably didn't deal with it too well at the time uh the first nine months yeah it was just brutal um really sort of nasty comments and messages and that sort of stuff and you know you always thought it would pass but um yeah it was it was sort of building up and getting really bad but then on our uk day in 2017 i spoke out about sort of my mental health and how it had been affecting me and um yeah uh that uh really sort of um stopped it <laughs> it's to be honest like it sort of um i mean i suppose it sort of disarmed yeah i mean the people that were making the comments maybe had to think twice and then it sort of made everyone else aware of them and the sort of the effect it had so that was a pretty eventful day uh for us like um and the sort of outpour of sort of love and um sort of admiration sort of sort of came through and about the the comments rather than the um just us as a radio show but i think people mm. just sort of when you're sort of vulnerable and you know honest and raw sort of you know on a human level people sort of relate to that so was it, was it hard to, did you have to like wrestle with deciding to go public with it or was yeah, it something you were just like i have to do yeah this? yeah no there was a lot of shame um sort of attached to it um, it's hard enough sort of you know sort of sometimes getting help from family or friends or you know so you know someone to speak to professionally so speaking to you know and, and a couple of a million insecurity at the time and something that's well, yeah, yeah and super it, brave yeah yeah so it's sort of but i was kind of like at my my wits end a little bit and it was really affecting me and i thought like i'm just gonna get this out there and um yeah i mean it that that really um changed a lot for us and to be honest that that's sort of because that was a big thing it's been quite well documented i'm sure if you sort of um 
type a name into Google, you might see it there, to be honest. So it's, it's a question that comes up a lot, but really like hasn't been a problem since mm. um, that sort of point. And our, our, our uh, last couple of months of that year and the two years after at Triple J were amazing. And, um, you know, people sort of really started to get around what we were doing. And then this transition to Nova was smooth as like, if people didn't like it, then I didn't see anything because a there's no text line, which well there is, but I don't see it anymore. I'm, I'm like I don't I don't actually need to see when people just text in about me like straight away. I'm like that's probably not necessary. Yeah. But I think to be honest, it's also Triple J like super protective. Like everyone like oh, everyone has a sense of ownership over it. Nova's kind of like you know like it's just like Channel Ten or whatever. It's something that it's big. Everyone knows about it, but maybe less of a sense of ownership. Um, and people were just less psychopathic, basically. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was a much. Mate, it's just because it's, it's all the mums listening, mate. They're nice. Well, that's it. That's it. And also, yeah. So it's just I think they warmed to us quicker, yeah. and also much thicker skin and um, sort of confidence in our own abilities now as well. So yeah. if you do see those things, you sort of wipe them off a little bit more. But um, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 uh, happy to say it's been it's been really cruisy. For, for a long time now which is good because it makes it a lot easier to do uh, what we do what were the um like what were the triple j executives how were they sort of in that time i'm, I'm sure they were supportive but yeah. like, like what was oh, the what was the dynamic when you're going we're copying like obviously it's causing you distress but like how how was it in the office or like how did the executive sort of approach yeah. was there any sort of mitigation tactics to try and like help in a way before you were going public I, look i think there was uh I definitely uh, felt the love uh, mm. as in people, everyone felt bad about it and it was like a uh, very shameful thing, but I wouldn't say there was a lot of things in place. Yeah. And to be honest, the, I said a lot of times, like, can't we just delete these comments or like get rid of this wall post or whatever. There was one wall post in particular that had thousands and thousands and thousands of comments on it that I read. I, you know, it was, you know, that was one of the things I spoke about that day. I was up all night, read every single comment, didn't sleep, you know, and it was just, sold us wrong but yeah no it was like oh well if we delete it then people get angry that we sort of so there was a lot of that like when i look back i'm sort of i'm not resentful um because sort of triple day gap so an amazing opportunity but i definitely don't think there was great things in the workplace um sort of available for us at that time and uh to be honest i think it was a bit of a wake-up call mm. us talking about that publicly i know there was a lot of training after the fact um, a big email went around from the CEO saying, oh, you know, this, 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 like literally the next day. And there was a lot of, um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I was sort of like, I think also to be fair, like times of changing a lot, and, mm. um, you know, maybe a lot of workplaces hadn't caught up to speed on uh, social media and how it can go sort of skew with, uh, you know what I mean? So there's, there's probably a thing now in workplaces, people need to go and schools and people need to go, all right, well, online bullying is, is a thing. Um, and we need to work out how we can sort of, um, sort of, uh, you know, handle that a little bit better. So I, um, oh, sorry. It's just, uh, that's just my mum calling. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll push on. And yeah. just see if like your, the Zoom disappeared on my laptop. Mum, like, get up, out. Like, get out, I'm like, mum. No, I'm in the middle of a really important podcast, mum. Get Gosh. out of my room, mum. <laughs> um yeah so but yeah no it was, it, it, yeah it's a bit of a weird one i i sort of like i'm like yeah if i'm being honest no nah, not really mm. <laughs> but it was also a hard thing to deal with and you know i don't blame anyone for it i blame the people who made the the comments 
Yeah, so, fair enough. Um, I, I, I don't know. When was it? 2017 as well, just before we move on. Mm. I guess it's kind of like even like 24 years ago, it seems like quite a long time considering how far the world's changed. Like, oh, the, yeah. The Me was, Too, I think it was the Me Too movement that year. So there's been like a lot nah, of social change. I reckon Me Too was. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I think to it be was. Honest, yeah, no, it was probably that year. And then you've also got your Trump stuff. And like, yeah. I think a lot of people just got used to being really nasty about other yeah, people yeah. online. Like, it was a bit of a, like, a swell around that sort of stuff. Also, I'll tell you what didn't help. The fact that we got a lot of this crap on Facebook because we couldn't bring our own Facebook page over the Ben Lamb page that we built at Fresh. We had to get rid of that and we had to yeah. change the name on the Matt and Alex page, sure. the show that was, which was previously Tom and Alex's page. So, uh, we Ex- had to existing use the page. fans. Well, literally, there. we've got yeah. 200,000 all of a sudden of the last show. You know what I mean? Like, if you mm. followed, if you followed Perth Glory and then we just changed that to Adelaide United and the profile picture, <laughs> yeah. obviously. You know what I mean? That's a recipe yeah. for disaster. So, but thankfully, the Instagram has been the Ben Lame Instagram, very safe place, happy place. That's good. Been uh, been uh, around since 2014, and uh, all those followers only ever followed us. So, yeah, that was always a good, good little place. Mm, fascinating that uh, you say that, but um, yeah, yeah. I, guess it, I guess it all makes sense, and I'm glad it's all changed. Um, all right, this is a, a different one. This is from my man, Foigras Soiree. That's his Instagram name, Felix Silverstein. Very cool. He wanted me to ask you this like this. Not like, so the question is, who the fuck is Liam Stapleton? <laughs> but not in the sense of like, who is this guy? It's like, who are you? <laughs> That's more like it. That's the comments I was expecting. Well, um, Google me, bro. Oh, hopefully you know by this. Hopefully you know by this point. If you've yeah, been listening yeah, to the yeah. podcast and you're waiting for your question to be answered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. All right. Um, John Turner, what's Liam's favourite football memory growing up? Uh, I mean, it's watching Adelaide United beat Uzbekistan three 0 in the semi final of the Asian Cup was pretty cool. Um, Two thousand eight. Adelaide United or. Oh, it was Adelaide United. Yeah, yeah. We weren't supposed to beat Uzbekistan. But, I mean, the best game ever is, um, yeah, it's it's the uh, Barcelona-Liverpool. I know, I know, like, realistically... the Corner taken quickly. Arigi, yeah. Like, realistically, it's probably, uh, you know, it's the AC Milan sort of back 3-0 halftime. But, I mean, I was also a very young Liverpool fan at that point and sort of didn't mm-hmm. really understand the gravity of that. But, I mean, without, without Salah, without Firmino... You're 3-0 down on aggregate against Messi's Barcelona. You've got Suarez, Coutinho, you know, former legends of your team over there. Like, come on, don't talk to me. It doesn't get better than that. Like, no one, no one, no one's saying that. Even like, even if we went 4-0 up and then we conceded a goal, then we were still at a lost. So, do you know what I mean? We had to, we had to not concede to Barca and score four, which doesn't happen. Yep. And it happened. <laughs> and Dubokariki scored two goals. <laughs> yeah, with Messi. Yeah, everyone was there. All the stars were there. Yeah. We were the ones without. We didn't have Salah. Like we didn't have our main. Do you know what I mean? It's insane. So that that game for me was yeah. And once again, I was unfortunately at work at the time at Triple J, so I was watching it sort of whilst I was at uh, work. But then I got home and uh, got blind that afternoon, just watching the game <laughs> in its entirety as God intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an epic. Uh round in the Champions League. I think the Liverpool game was on the was Wednesday wild. and that was, you know, Tottenham yeah, had yeah, gone, beaten Ajax Tottenham, and there was crazy games. Tottenham Man City, game. The Tottenham-Man City game was in the, you know, a couple of weeks yeah. around that. But yeah, yeah. fair enough. That's the, a great the, memory. The final, the final one was pretty sloppy. Uh, but yeah. yeah, once again, hey, look, look at the history box. Got history chip, books, eh? like, that's it. doesn't matter. Got the nah. jockeys. Um, 
And look, we've been going a little while now, so I don't want to keep you all day. And this is, we'll, we'll end on this because this is a pretty good, good question. Uh, it's from David Marshall. He says, mm. which colleague from your radio career would you most like to take a penalty against and why? And who would you like taking the penalty if you were goalkeeper and why? Now, you say you're a pretty good goalkeeper. So, um, mm. yeah. What do you reckon? Okay. I have to pick who. I mean, maybe I'd, I'd take I'd take the penalty against Ben. Uh, just because <laughs> easy. Like, I'd slot that easy. And who would I want to take the penalty? Um Jeez, out of all the people I've worked with, yeah, it's a tricky one. I'm trying to work out if I want it to be like a good, someone good at penalties or not. I don't know. I know Matt O'Kine used to play for the ABC team. Okay. Um, yeah, like Tom Tilly, who used to host Hack. He's a bit of an athlete. Yeah, I'd like to take him down a peg. I'd like Tom Tilly to take it. He's, uh, you know, he's pretty good at sports. And I'd, I'd like to really prove myself. Against him, yeah, geez, that'd be good. I, just, just one story. I don't know if you've seen this. Just before we finished, I just thought I'd share it because it's a good um, football story. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be up. Um, Take away. I watched Go the away. I watched the Copper America on that Sunday morning on my um, Optus Fetch box, and I got my Optus Fetch box for free with unlocked movies, TV shows, and um, like unlimited Optus Sport. Um, and I and I got that because an Australian football legend. Um, degraded me on television. I, I, do you know about this? Uh, no, I, I jog okay. my memory, please. This is good. This is a good one. Uh, so do you remember earlier in the podcast, I told you uh, one of my heroes, a certain goalkeeper who made two big saves in the Uruguay, Uruguay game uh, before Johnny Aloisi slumbered the goal to send Australia through to their second ever World Cup. Yeah, the greatest, the greatest goalkeeper in Australian history. We're speaking of Mark Schwarzer. Yeah. Um, well, the year was 2018 uh, when this great podcast started, I believe. Yes. Um, the, the the World Cup was about to start. And one Mark Schwarzer, who I trained with at Fulham back in 2010, uh, was in the Triple J studio. It's very exciting. And um, uh, we, we had Mark on, had a great chat. And uh, what happened is I showed him some some photos of the first time I met, was it, which is at the book signing of Megs Morrison, his book, uh, back in 2008, uh, then there was a uh, photo of us training at Fulham, and then of course after one of the Fulham games at Craven Cottage, which I went to see a few years later. And um, anyway, so Ben said that uh, Ben sort of said my co-host said, you know, "Williams, uh, you're you know you're his hero. He actually um, he actually wanted to be a goalkeeper, and he said like, oh, aren't you a bit short to be a goalkeeper? Wouldn't have thought so." <laughs> Ouch, punch in the guts from from Mark uh, and standing at a whopping 181 centimetres. You know, some would say slightly above average. It's not goalkeeper size, but, no. you know, you, you can get away with it. I can touch the crossbar, guys. Yeah, probably, um, more, probably more a right back sort of area, you know what I th- mean? That's it. And look, I know this, but, when, you know, you got to remember when I, when I quit, you know, I could have got taller at that point. So I didn't know. I had a bone scan actually for the state team. It's supposed to be 191. So I don't know where those 10 centimetres went, possibly <laughs> around my guts. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this is true. So I'm watching. So like a couple of days later, I, I think it was before the the France-Australia game, like the first game for our, you know it's the tournament. And just before the game, um, like Schwartz, he was like a pundit at the time. And they said, oh, Schwartzy, like, what happened this week? Like, you broke this this young fan's heart. 
and they played the footage of him calling me too short and they were all laughing going, oh you know shorty and he goes <laughs> he goes uh well actually don't you can i i, I want to actually send you this maybe you can put it on your instagram i'll send yeah, you okay. yeah yeah he goes uh, the thing is i don't really care because the thing is he was a bit of a creep he was a bit of a weird guy like he he was showing me all these photos of him and me and he was like a bit weird and like to be honest we all know mark schwartz is just making a joke like it's you know he's he's having but also what i will say mark schwartz great goalkeeper wouldn't say he's the biggest stand-up comedian in the world i don't think his comic timing has necessarily been finessed yet and so and so this is 2018. This is my second year of Triple J. By this point, everyone's on board. And I was watching it going like, <laughs> like Mark Schwartz is talking about me with my face like before the World Cup on the TV. I'm like, what is happening? And he called me a creep. And I, and I also was like, this hurt like a little bit. But the main part of me was like, this is so fucking funny, right? Like, this is <laughs> awesome. I've got this footage. I can bring this to the show and show Ben like, this is my hero talking about me, like crushing me. On and um, yeah, no, it was like a great thing, and I put it on triple day. To, to be honest, I felt really bad because you know how I said the triple J audience is passionate, but once you've got them on side, they'll like love you forever. Mm. And um, people were drilling Mark. We put it up on our Instagram, uh, and people were just drilling Mark Schwartz. And he was kind of new to Instagram at the time, and he had like 6,000 followers. And, um, yeah, I, there was this one post that he like just uploaded like a selfie and there was like hundreds of comments of people being like, how dare you, like, he was a fan, like, you, you know, and like, and then I was actually like jumping in the comments being like, hey guys, like, it's a joke, like, and I was like trying to defend Mark Schwarzer, like, but then Optus reached out to me and they like had like in a, like in a formal like apology and they like sent me a, like an official full like Socceroos kit and gave me this fetch box, which I still use to this day. And it's like you click on the movies and it says like six ninety nine to buy. And like I don't have to buy it. Like it's it's linked there. <laughs> right. So it's so they gave you like this free pass. Yeah, literally. So so that's my uh that's my Schwartz story. But <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. I think he that called, was... he, yeah, go on. Yeah. He called me a creep on the TV and now I get free up to sport because of it. So there you go. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like that's a that's really funny. That's crazy. I think that wasn't a good um uh, tournament for them as well. So they've obviously got the, the PR disaster that is well, Mark Schwartz it. were calling you a creep. But then on top of that, do you remember the stream didn't work as well? Yeah, and then SBS were like, yeah, we'll just do it yeah. for free like we've yeah. always done, no worries. And they, their app was like just ready like within yeah. that week. Good yeah. on SBS, absolute legends. Also, <laughs> I uh, I just wanted to say as well, when I got those photos of Mark Schwartz, I was like under the age of 18 and all those photos. I was like, I was like 12 at his first book signing, okay? I don't think it was that creepy, guys. Okay, I just I loved him. He was my hero. I had some photos with him. Whatever. Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> uh, maybe we'll have to try and get him on the podcast to just have his rebuttal. Yeah. You know? Maybe we'll see what happens. I kind of I feel like it's a bit awkward now. <laughs> I'd love to have him back on one day to talk about it. <laughs> Bloody hell! Hopefully uh, you do. That would be funny. Um. All right, mate. Look, it's been. I think it's been over an hour now. It's been. Uh, Excellent to talk to you, Lambs. Um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I am concerned. We did have some technical difficulties, so I'm getting concerned that it's going to shit itself again and we might lose this. So in the event of that <laughs> not happening, um, I'm happy to call it there. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on the Shooting Zars podcast. And I look forward to hearing no um, that song that I played earlier. 
on your radio show yeah, on Monday. Yeah, bloody oath. Stewie, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Uh, hopefully the three lines roar and they don't whimper on Monday morning and, um, yeah, they get the big win. It'd be nice to say, but, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to jump on again sometime. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, too easy. And for everybody, uh, we will, me and Bryce and Alex will be getting back back together again to have a chat. So um, until then, thanks for listening.